Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome to this edition of the Howl. On Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are going to, as usual, jump right into the action. No Iowa game to cover this time. The way the Iowa season currently works, you generally get one to two games in a span of like two or three days, and then there's a bit of a break, and then you play another series. So keep that in mind as you're wondering, hey, why is Iowa not playing as much as the main club? That's just how this part of the season is working. So Wolves-Wizards was the game. I actually went into this game thinking the Wolves had a pretty good shot of winning the big issue in this one that I really didn't take into account enough was just how I think sick some of our players really are there's a flu bug going through the locker room we had a number of guys that were questionable Jaden McDaniels didn't even make the trip so lots of things to consider and you're a little shorthanded and even the guys that played I don't think they're 100% and that seemed very apparent in this game an odd start to the game as both I guess uh the Wizards it was very interesting there were lots of maybe fouls on the Wizards. I don't know how else to put it. It just seemed like there were a number of plays where you kind of scratched your head. Towns is aggressive and energized, but he's looking for fouls and not getting them. And so something just seemed a little off there. But I couldn't tell. They didn't give good replays. So I'm just going to you know default to they were good calls, and we move on. Wizards take the early 6-4 to lead after scoring in a 4-on-5 scenario. So the Wizards had a player go down. So Daniel Gafford... He got hit to the face in some way, so he goes down, and they score four on five. To me, that said a lot about how this game kind of went. Beal fouls Deal intentionally. Refs don't call it, so they, they actually committed the foul because Gafford was, was hurt, and Minnesota instead turns it over, so an actual intentional foul is not even called, so that's fun, right? <laughs> Towns just getting denied at the rim in this game over and over early. Wizards have started amazing on the defensive end just in terms of blocking. I was very impressed uh, with the Wizards' effort on the defensive end. Edwards gets the Wolves the lead with a three, and it's great to see him start with a make. Seems like a lot of games, his first three or his first few threes don't go in. It's nice to see him start off strong. 
Sloppy game by both teams, though, in that first quarter, but some incredible blocks and steals by both the Wolves and the Wizards. But again, it just something about this game was very odd. It had a very odd start, odd flow or feeling uh, to get this thing kicked off. Prince of Three is off to a good start as well, and the Wolves are able to push the lead to four. KCP ends up getting a tech. Uh, he's mad at Lauren Holdcamp. He's not the only one. A lot of people aren't big fans of hers, it seems like, a lot of players. So, game in. And, and I'll say this. I can't really necessarily say I have any feelings towards uh, her as an official. I don't. I think she hasn't been in the league long enough to really know for sure if she's a, a good official or a bad official at this stage. But ultimately, I do say a lot of players have a problem with the way she referees. So, is that something that we kind of watch? I, I don't know the answer to that. But she's definitely a play, or a, a referee that is well-known at this point. And generally, to me, if you're a referee, you shouldn't want to be well-known. Because if you're well-known, it's not usually because you're good at your job. That's the only reason I have a little bit of concern whenever we have games uh, that she is officiating. Town starts 0-5. One thing I wonder is, sometimes he goes in for the kind of a monster one-handed dunk. Would it make more sense, and would he be able to control the basketball better if he went in two-handed a little stronger, and then he wouldn't, wouldn't be able to get blocked as easily? I don't know. It's tough. It's kind of like when you compare one-foot dunking versus two-foot dunking. Some players are just better at certain forms than others. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But it's something I kind of thought about in this game as Towns was getting denied pretty consistently in that first quarter on his dunks. Ant drives, takes a ton of contact from Gafford, but no call. And early on, uh, Wolves haven't been the ones complaining, which I thought was interesting. I didn't really feel like the Wizards were getting the short end of any sticks. If anyone was, it was definitely the Wolves. But we didn't see the Wolves complaining, which I really appreciated. At least not overly so, which we do see sometimes. Wolves, though, a few possessions in a row, defensive rebounding has been a problem. But on one of them, I'll say it showed a, there was a clear foul over the back as Van was going for it. And what looked to be offensive basket interference on that same play then, also not called. And just like that, the game is tied 13 apiece. And I, just as I said, Wolves didn't seem like they were getting too outwardly frustrated. You definitely started to see Towns getting frustrated by the no calls. Replays awful in this game early on. I could not tell at all if anything was a foul or not. All I could see is that Towns was complaining. That doesn't mean it's a foul. There's many instances where players complain and there's not a foul. So I just don't know. That's why I kind of go back to what I said. Maybe there were fouls. I just, it's really, really tough to see what's going on there. Still, no makes for him with four minutes to go in the first quarter. So that should tell you kind of how the game started off. Leo shows off a nice drive and score to tie the game at 17. Akogi is also in, likely because Jaden is out and because, you know, Kogi was pretty good in that last game. Leo on one defensive possession. I really like to watch Leo just because he's one of those players that I'm really cheering for. Got caught ball watching. One of the Wizards players just ran back door, and he had no clue. Walks in for the easy layup. And let's not say that Leo's the only guy. This was a problem the entire night, giving up easy inside baskets. Next possession for Leo, though, moves his feet well, gets in position as one of the Warriors, I don't remember which player it was, was completely out of control, runs him over, and it's still a blocking call. It's unfortunate, one of those kind of 50-50 calls, so I understand it's it's not always going to go your way, but I appreciated the effort from Leo and how he was able to make that change and be a little more aggressive on the defensive end. 24-22 to after a threesley make, but the Wiz answer back quickly, and it's 24-24 after one... After the first quarter, the Wolves already have seven turnovers. That is not going to get you the win. 
Bertans, one of 19 from three coming into this game. So what does he do in this game? He, of course, comes out on fire and hits his first three, and that was not the only one he hit on the night. Wizard of Nas has all the answers, though, early in the second. Every time the Wizard scored, he was able to answer right back, and you love to see it. After the first make, Beasley's shot is very inconsistent. It didn't really seem to matter how wide open he was either, which was frustrating. And when I say inconsistent... Probably a little bit of his form, but the arc was weird. Sometimes it was just go flat. Sometimes it was more of an arc. Sometimes he took it off or shot it too quick. It just seemed like he didn't have a flow. And that's two games in a row now where you've definitely seen Beasley just maybe not have it all altogether there. The second quarter is the definition of back and forth. Neither team able to get bigger than a two or three point lead. And the Wolves up 38 to 36 with eight minutes to go in that second quarter. Vando... I noticed this from the get-go. Vano definitely seemed a bit off in this game. To me, he was still not 100% from the sickness, and I think that played a really large role in why we struggled so much inside on defense because normally Vando is really a jack-of-all-trades on defense. He does it all, and he just didn't seem to be able to get to the right spots. He just seemed a little off, and I do think the sickness played a role in that. And I do think the sickness, and again, the, the way players played, I think a lot of that had to do with just the fact that Maybe some of the guys just weren't feeling there, weren't feeling it. They were they were probably still feeling the, the flu-like symptoms or whatever it was that they actually had. Towns starts to catch heat, but then wide open three, and he misses, and it was ugly. This was an ugly make, or an ugly miss, I mean. But at the same time, Carl Towns was hands down our best player in this game, so it's not like you're going to rip the guy because he was really, really good. Towns getting his inside, but in this game, Wolves just have no answers defensively for Montrezl Harrell. He absolutely dominated us. Leo, in the second, already has four fouls in this game. I was very surprised when they said that. There's 427 to go in the second. Keep that in mind. And he's already two fouls away from fouling out. But I love that he's aggressive, and he's a player that can afford to foul. Granted, as a team, you don't want the fouls. But as a player, he's not going to get enough minutes necessarily where you're worried about him fouling out. Although... Four minutes in the second when he's been your primary bench initiator ever since Patrick Beverly's been out. That's a little troublesome just because you need him to be available in that second half when he when he's needed. And so you get closer to falling out, and that does make things a little difficult. But as we saw in this game, we went with a little bit of a deeper bench. Wolves able to go back on top as Towns scores the and one. Again, he's been really good in this game, but not just in the game, in the post specifically, really impressed. And we've seen that over the last week or so where he's started to become much stronger in the post. More patience, better footwork. This is just going to make him that much better of a player. Wolves going with a deep rotation, as I mentioned, and Noel is actually in this game now too. So now you're talking, yes, you're missing Jaden, but then you also still went with Leo. You went with... Josh Okoge, and you gave J- uh, J- Jalen Noel minutes. So lots of guys off the bench uh, coming in for uh, a spot minutes. Not big minutes, but you're definitely seeing us use a deeper bench than normal. Wolves able to get the biggest lead of the game at, up to that point, 49-45, to 45, and Towns has the last nine points for the Wolves as he's really, really uh, catching fire. 149 to go. Wolves building momentum. And we just talked about the big lead they had, you know, four points. But they actually do start to build on that, and the lead is now up 55-47. to Wolves playing pretty good in this game, but still too many times that they have fallen asleep on defense, and the Wizards have had a lot of easy hoops at the rim. D'Lo then gets a shot in transition, and it leads 
to uh, another easy Wizards basket as, guess what? It was a D-Lo shot. One of those things that he started to take out of his game, but we're still seeing too many of them, and it hurts us as, again, they get a Wizards. Wizards get a transition basket as Harrell is able to run out off the miss. And then at the end of the half, Beal hits the buzzer beater, and just like that, the Wolves are only up four at the half. And you're talking at 149, you feel lots of positivity. That half ended, and it was all Wizards momentum, and it was ugly. Just a really ugly way to end that half, unfortunately. Now, uh, to go over the, I always, I always find it, uh, I always find it interesting some of the stats that they use in these games, and uh, this was no different. I thought this was kind of interesting here as we uh, jump in. So they had stats made easy as they do at the halftime mark. Wolves are ahead in effective field goal percentage, fifty-one point one to forty-four point nine points off turnovers, seven to four which is especially impressive because the Wolves had a lot of turnovers. Good news is they were able to stop the Wizards from capitalizing on those turnovers, so that was good to see. Second chance points, they were down 5-7. to seven. But then free throws, 10 of 10, no misses in that first half, 5 of 10 for the Wizards. A couple other things that are interesting. So going into this game, so the largest differential this season, you talk about, let's see, Kristaps Porzingis is number one at plus 7.3. And that when I say differential, I should specify this is home versus road so Kristaps plus 7.3 as far as home versus road Desmond Bain is plus 5.1 Duncan Robinson is plus 5 and so is D'Angelo Russell plus 5 and think about that so at home D'Angelo Russell scores an average of 17.3 points per game on the road 22.3 and this is not a a new thing this is not a mirage this is a trend this same thing happened last year with D'Angelo Russell I don't know what it is but he likes playing on the road and the big thing is you need guys like that. Would you love to see him get the same amount of minutes at home or same production at home? You would, but here's the way I look at it. I think the reason why you get better production from D'Lo on the road is because other guys don't play as well when they're not at home. So I think D'Angelo Russell has the ability to play well in both settings. It's just he's able to be consistent in both cases. I think there's some guys that don't, and so you see that uptick in D'Angelo Russell's ability. But I'd have to really look into the other players and what their differentials are home versus road. But just at a glance, before you know, looking at this stat, that's kind of what comes to mind for me. And then uh, how about wins, win percentage improvement? So this season versus last season, um, looking at the different teams, Wolves are fourth. So you have the Warriors at number one at 31.5%. Cavaliers, 218 the Bulls, 20.5. And again, look at those teams. They made improvements on their roster. It's no surprise they got better, especially the Warriors. And then you look at the Timberwolves, uh, 20.5 as well. So they are tied for third. Suns are, that's pretty impressive, by the way, that the Suns are on this list at 14.9. And then the Wizards, who are playing right now, 14.7. So some interesting stats, to say the least. Uh, lots of things to like if you are a Wolves fan. So let's keep going, and we'll dive into the second half of basketball here so third quarter is more of the same as you get back and forth that is definitely the name of the game in the third Daniel Gifford Daniel Gafford joins the party as overall the Wolves have really struggled in this game to defend the post whether it's Daniel Gafford whether it's the man that just dominated this game Montrez Harrell that's just kind of the story unfortunately in that third Tom somehow gets hurt Wolves forced to call a timeout and then replay shows he got kicked below the belt let's put it nicely uh, accidental by Gra- by uh, Gafford, I think. But this is kind of like those Draymond Green kicks that he ended up getting suspended for. There's nothing natural about it. It's just weird. But I don't think I don't think Daniel Gafford's a dirty player by any means. And so it's one of those just one-off plays. I think it was kind of a, a goofy thing where you go for a rebound, 
your, your body does something unintentionally and, and it happens. Towns ends up sitting after this and Nas is back in and he immediately scores. One thing I'll say about Nas is I would love it if Nas Reed and the way he plays was the same way that Jaden McDaniels plays. And in fact, when I look at those two players, what I would love to see is those two players kind of combining themselves into one player. What I want is I want Jaden McDaniels to have the aggressiveness that Nas shows as a, like in terms of being willing to drive, being willing to get the ball and just immediately go, I'm scoring this basketball. Jaden doesn't always do that. But what Jaden does do that Nas doesn't, all the time at least, is Jaden is shot ready. And in many instances, Nas Reed isn't shot ready. So Nas Reed gets it and kind of thinks about it and then decides to shoot it. And I do think that he could be more successful if he was just ready to, you know, ready to shoot that shot. If he was all loaded up, you know, you're ready, get that shot, boom, throw it up there. I just think the Wolves could really, really use that aggressiveness uh, from both players uh, in their respective areas. Ball goes out of bounds off the Wizards, but somehow they get to keep the ball. It was near the Wolves bench, and Papev, I thought this was hilarious, is, is just kind of pointing and yelling at one of the Wizards playing, going, you know that was off you. Come on. You know that was off you. Like, literally saying that to the player. And it was. It was clearly off the Wizards player. It's not like the Wizards player is going to go, who hasn't seen, uh, there's that uh, sportsmanship commercial, I can't think of what it's for, where the player goes, coach, coach, I'm sorry, but it was off me. I know it was. And then he goes and tells, he goes and tells the referee and the coach is all proud of him. I'm sorry, but this is sports and sportsmanship's great, but you're not doing that. Come on. What are we kidding here? It's not happening. It's not happening in real life. Towns back in almost immediately. So just a really short break after uh, taking a shot to the uh, lower region. And he hits the three. He is now up to 26 points. And the Wolves are on top by four, 69 to 65, with eight to go in the third. Wolves have started this game 12 of 12 from the free throw line and Towns 9 of 9. Overall, in this game, I felt like, yes, there's going to be some plays that I don't agree with as far as the officiating goes, but I thought ultimately, not a lot to complain about. I think that's very fair. Considering how bad it's been in many instances this season, I, I don't think that it was uh, a big area of contention for me. Wolves get their 10th turnover, which sounds like a lot, but considering they had seven at one point in the first quarter alone, it was nice to see them make those adjustments and take care of the basketball better in the, the next two quarters. Towns drives, get gets absolutely hammered, no call, a little frustrating there, but again, overall, I thought things were solid. And just like that, it's a five-point swing, as when they don't call this foul, it gives the Wizards the easy transition three, and it's just a two-point game now. Cat then gets called for a weak foul, if it's a foul at all. To me, it looked like pretty good defense and a block, but just like that, the game is now tied at 74 apiece. Torian Prince then gets called for the charge, and it's not close. He's The, he's pl- the player that's guarding him is clearly in the restricted area, but do they consider it a grab in the lower block? If it's a grab in the lower block, then that does not matter. Finch immediately calls a timeout to challenge it. And I think part of the reason he did this is because the Wizards had all the momentum. And this is an opportunity to take some of that momentum away, slow things down. And it does just that. He's able to win the challenge, and the, and the basket counts. Wolves are up two. Torian Prince, unfortunately, missed the free throw. And it was not the first miss, actually, because Towns actually ended up missing one. So all of a sudden... You're 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 kind of a little a little uh, less effective, I guess. We'll go with that. And then the Wiz are able to tie it up, though. They now have 50 paint points. So again, when you're talking about Gaffer, when you're talking about Montrez Harrell, the Wizards absolutely dominated in the paint. 
Towns, though, able to hit 30 in the third quarter. This is his 83rd time doing it, and he passes KG for the most in team history. And just like that, the Wolves are back on top by four. Bomaro gets maybe his fifth foul. It was really weird because I couldn't tell who the foul was on. It was just kind of a really strange play. If it was on him, I thought it was a bad call. But again, replay in this game was not good. I thought Bally did a really poor job of, of replaying some of the plays I wanted to see over. They have all these different camera angles. Sometimes it would be nice to see whether something was a foul or not, see how things progress. Was it good defense? I have lots of questions. And on top of that, Dave and Jim were having a conversation, didn't even mention who the foul was on. So that was just a little confusing for me. But if it was on Balmaro, what I didn't understand is why is he not allowed to go for the ball? And this isn't the first game we've seen this. So it's a, to me, it's a point of contention. I would like to know more. I want the referees to kind of explain that aspect of the rule. And maybe I have to do a little more research there. But if someone makes a pass, am I, do I have the right to go for the ball? As long as I don't obviously uh, – well, even then, can I go through the other player, right? If I'm a defender, why do I have to wait for you? Why do I have to say, all right, well, you know, there's no pass interference in basketball. I guess that's the bottom line. That's what I don't understand is how that's called. Bertans ends up hitting another three, so now he started this game, granted, spaced out quite a bit were the shots, but two of two, and he came into this game again, one of 19, one of his last 19, and all of a sudden he's two for two, let that sink in. Harrell able to get his fourth foul, which was good to see, we really needed to get him off the floor if we could, and that's 2.15 to go in the third, Cat is now up to 32, and sadly, the Wolves have started to miss free throws, they've now missed at this stage, three or four, three, th- three or four, three, free throws over a little bit of a stretch and when you are this close in the game every point counts and it's just really bad timing for the Wolves to be able to uh, start missing shots Bradley Beal whacks a Kogi in the face no call Wiz get to keep the ball and they tie the game with an easy two coaches have to be asked about the defense in this game that's where I felt we had some issues to me what exactly is so unique and hard about the Wizards offense I don't get that why could we all of a sudden not stop guys in the post, things like that? I think this goes back to the fact that we had a number of players that just weren't 100%. For anyone that's ever had the flu before, come on, I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not playing that well if I have the flu or if I'm just recovering from the flu. So ultimately, I do think that played a larger impact than people realize. What I thought was funny is uh, Harrell goes to the free throw line. He now has eight dunks. While he's at the line, they start an MVP chant, the, the, the crowd does, which... For anyone that's been a Wolves fan a long time, I don't know who remembers this, but one of my all-time favorite games for the Wolves was featuring Chris Johnson and Mikhail Jellibal. And if you have not watched it, it's on YouTube. You can watch the fourth quarter. So much fun. It was a great game against the Rockets, I believe. I was actually at that game. Ton of fun. I definitely recommend you check it out if you haven't yet. But in that game, Chris Johnson just dominated. And the funny thing was, same thing happened where we started MVP chance in the building incredible and he in that specific moment in that game he was the MVP and for the Wizards in this game Montrezl Harrell was absolutely the MVP but the funny thing was they start the chant and then he missed the free throw so uh, credit Chris Johnson for the Wolves he didn't miss his free throws so sorry Montrez. but at the same time you dominated us so what can I say Wolves back on top and this game here this is crazy 18 lead changes 18 lead changes that is crazy and that just tells you how competitive for at least certain parts of this game uh, that the game was. Then there's this weird sequence. Beasley hits a three, but they also call a loose ball fall pretty much simultaneously. So the Wolves have a lead, 
and then they lose it immediately, all in one foul swoop. But after three, it is 91 to 88. Early in the fourth, Wizards able to get their biggest lead of the game at that point, at least, as they are early up five. Nas Reed answers right back, though, and was also fouled, but no call, unfortunately. Edwards, three, ties the game, and if he can catch fire, I think the Wolves can take this one as he's now up to 20 points in the game. Wolves force a miss, grab a board, but away from the ball. Beasley gets called for a foul for boxing out Bertons. I watched this replay back a bunch of times. Since when is it a foul to box a guy out? Game in and game out, I complain about how the Wolves don't box enough players out, and they're not, they're not good enough at that aspect of the game. Well, apparently I was wrong. If you box guys out, it's a foul. I, who knew, right? So that, that was a little unfortunate there. Meanwhile, two straight possessions. Wizards are allowed to just foul the player boxing them out, and it gives the Wiz the, whiz, the two-point lead. Berton's another three. He is now three of four. And at this point in the game, the entire Wizards team, other than Berton's, had five makes. So this guy was so incredibly important for them at this stage. Although, again, did threes really matter? Because they were able to get inside at will. It was one of those things where you almost said, why are you even shooting threes? You were so dominant in the paint, and nobody could stop you. Almost taking threes just didn't make a lot of sense. 7.33 to go, and surprised, Towns is still not back in, and he only had three fouls. I think this is another one of those instances. There haven't been a lot this season, but there are a handful of of decisions that Finch has made that definitely have me scratching my head, and this was definitely one of them. With seven minutes to go, it's the Wolves ball down one. Finch calls a timeout. Good news is he got Towns back in. So apparently he was listening. Towns, another wide-open miss from three, would have tied the game up. Again, I'm not going to complain about Carl Towns. He was fantastic in this game. We're not even in this game at all if it's not for Carl Towns. So just one of those things I wanted to point out that it's tough because missing wide-open threes has been a consistent issue throughout this season, and we really could have used a couple of those makes. Wizards allowed to hold Josh Okoge. He gets called for the foul, trying to get through. Now the Wizards are up five, up five with six minutes to go in this one and make it down seven after an awful Towns pass. And this was the point of the game where I almost felt like it was over. That's unfortunately how I felt. It seemed like that small five or seven point lead, it felt insurmountable just because at no point in this game were the Wolves able to make any really significant runs. It seemed like the Wizards were the same, right? The Wizards, for the most part, weren't able to make any significant runs until this point where they were able to pull away a little bit. And again, I say this, I have no idea what Finch is thinking with this weird small lineup that he went with in the fourth. That, to me, Finch had some really questionable groupings in this game, but I think it goes back to the fact that guys weren't 100%. So I look at this game and say, this is just a one-off. I'm not going to worry about it. I don't think this is a sign we're going to start playing poorly. I do think there's just a lot of things that were kind of going against us in this game, just as far as player health and things like that. Finch was just trying to make something stick, and I get that. But the nice thing is he then flips it completely, and we try a lineup that Jim Pete talked about. He thought this is the first time we've ever seen it. Completely agree, and that was you had Reed, Towns, and Bando, and with Dilo and Edwards. A very interesting pairing. And I'm here for it. I was. I thought at this point, why not try it? Let's see what we could get out of this lineup. And and that was kind of fun to watch. Wolves, unfortunately, just cannot get any big shots or stops. From the beginning of this game, the Wolves just never seem to be at the top of their game. And I think ultimately, there's, as we talked about, a number of reasons for that. Just like that, the Wolves are down nine. And they get lucky as Towns gets followed from three. 
the Wiz Challenge, and I'll say this, they showed like three or four replays, and initially I said, how could you overturn this? They showed this one replay, and to me it was very obvious that Towns kind of moved his body a little bit. I, I thought this definitely should have been overturned, and it was. I think that was the right call, 100%. Towns kind of put on a show like, what? Are you serious? What? I think even Towns understood that that was clearly on him, and I, I completely get it. And I'm glad they didn't call him for a foul. I'm glad they just made it a play on, and they did the jump ball at center court. A KCP3 ends up making it a 10-point game. Cat answers, or sorry, Ant answers right back, which was good to see. And the Wolves finally able to get a stop, but at that point it felt really too little too late. They weren't able to make a run. A little over two minutes left. Towns took a pretty scary fall, went for the dunk, fell, and landed on his back, obviously gets taken out of the game, and we're very fortunate because it does sound like anything that could have happened serious did not, and as far as the game against the Nets, he is questionable, but it sounds like they're hoping he's going to be able to play, and when I say hopeful, I mean it, like, obviously, as fans... As media members, everyone wants Towns to play. We're hoping that he plays. But ultimately, in this instance, I'm saying they feel pretty positive about his chances of playing. I think that's a better way to phrase it. So we'll see. Uh, looking ahead at that game, I don't know why. And I tend to be overly optimistic as I cover the Wolves. But in this instance, for some reason, I think the Wolves find a way to win this game. The funny thing is, on this stretch of games, I said the Nets game was going to be the one that we lost. And I, I thought the Wizards game could be a little tough. And this was before we had you know guys with the flu, things like that. For whatever reason, I think the Wolves could win against the Nets. A lot of it's going to depend on how the team is feeling, right? If you still have a bunch of guys that are questionable, that are still kind of under the weather, that can make an impact. But one thing I always think about with Minnesota sports is nothing ever makes sense. And so if you were to look at this and say, what doesn't make any sense? Well, what doesn't make a lot of sense is for the Wolves to somehow win this game against the Nets. And that's why I think it could happen. If they do end up winning, it's going to be a close matchup, close game. And I do think it's probably going to be... It seems like the X factor to me is always D'Angelo Russell. You win games where he's dominant. And considering he used to play for the Nets, there's, there's probably something there. I think what's going to happen is the Wolves win the game. And they're going to win it on the on the back of D'Angelo Russell, who's going to have a fantastic game. I'm not saying Towns and Edwards aren't going to have a good game, but the X factor to me is on this season. It really seems to be when D'Angelo Russell brings it for on offense, you win the game, and I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm predicting a Nets uh, Nets are going to lose this game. Wolves are going to win it, and they're going to win it because D'Angelo Russell is going to have a fantastic game. And it could be a D'Angelo Russell game where he stinks in the first half or. Maybe it doesn't stink, but doesn't have it all, and in that second half just shines, comes alive, and takes over. Whatever the case may be, I think that's what we get, is we get a dominant overall uh, D'Lo performance, and he leads us to a victory. Do I wanna, Let's see. Do I want to go with a, some sort of a scoring guess? I'm going to go with 115 to 109. The Wolves take it. And it would not... No, I was going to say maybe overtime, but I, to me... It's going to be tough. you got to win it in regulation, I think. Going into OT makes things tough. So we'll, we'll, we'll say that. And this has been uh, The Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. If you missed any of this show on Dash Radio, make sure you give us a listen in podcast form, whether that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We are everywhere you can find podcasts. And, of course, 
If you do like listening to us, make sure you give us a review. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at the Howell Radio. And of course, I am at the Sports Min. The other thing you can do is subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that is Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, any of those places. You know, give us a review. Give us a subscription. We really appreciate that. And if you know anyone else that really loves listening to Basketball Talk, we would encourage you to tell them about us, whether that's uh, telling them to listen on their favorite platforms, sending them a link. We really appreciate anything that you can do. And until next week, or until next show, I should say, let me get a howl.